The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. Hey everyone, I'm Thomas Enroho, and you're listening to The Secrets of Loki, where we're going to discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings of this MCU streaming series on Disney+. Joining me for the show today are Andrew Hermes. Hi, Andrew. What's up? And David Henlos. Hi, David. Hello. So this is the first time I think we've recorded together, David. Yeah, it, de- yeah, it definitely is. All right. Very yeah, cool. I think Yeah, this is our first time, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A good, good new mix to it. That's awesome. Uh, before we get started, uh, we'd love to have you be regular listeners to the show, so be sure to subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. Also, be sure to share the show and leave a rating and review. It's the best way for us to stay relevant. So today we're going to tackle episode uh, the six-episode run of the Loki show, uh, and we're going to do it all as one block, uh, not, not as the individuals, which we've been doing with all the uh, other MCU shows from Disney+. Um, we'll be going over the shows themselves, so we're definitely going to be spoiling some things. So if you haven't watched the show and you care about that, uh, go watch the show first and then come back and listen to listen to this. And, and I say that with the caveat that on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I, I made mention that we were going to spoil stuff, but it didn't really matter because I think people who are hardcore MCU fans, there wasn't much to spoil in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It, it kind of followed the pattern you expected. Uh, but this one, it's more for the comic book fans, honestly. Uh, I think that this one was really more for the people that are really into the comic books. And if you are a person who cares about that kind of spoiler, which you probably are, if you're going to really enjoy the show, then be warned. We are going to spoil some big stuff. And uh, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna regret that if you haven't watched the show yet. Because if you're a comic book fan, MCU fan or a comic book fan, you might think you know what's going to happen in this one. You would probably be surprised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would definitely say so. Uh, but before we get too far into the weeds of like uh, the, the spoilers and stuff, I, I just wanted to hear uh, kind of from you guys uh, what your thoughts on the show were generally and whether or not you would consider yourself like where you would put yourself on that spectrum of MCU fan, super fan, comic book nerd or something else. So, Andrew, uh, let's start with you. Uh, I, as far as the show is concerned, um, it's, it's right up there with WandaVision. I think it's, you know, WandaVision right after I watched that, I knew right away, this was like the best MCU show that they've done. You know, I think the only ones they really did before this were like Daredevil and, um, Jessica Jones, uh, Luke Cage. Um, and those are kind of in, I, I know they're technically canon, but like, they didn't really tap into the the MCU cinematic universe. Um, they would give like little nods to it, but as far as like you know, the show tying in and 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 being very important to where the MCU is going, um, and as far as how they told the story and the evolution of Loki's character and all the stuff that we're gonna get into, I thought that they took it in such a unique and very uh, you know risky direction you know the Mm. the mcu has you know for as great as the mcu is and how successful it is it's it's quite risky to 
to start getting into this multiverse stuff and um they and and Loki kind of you know WandaVision kind of got into it a little bit but Loki like it's like they're totally invested and and they're there's no looking back now so um it's it's quite a it's quite a feat um and it's going to be interesting to see how you know with Spider-Man coming up and Doctor Strange and how all these movies and TV shows are going to sort of interweave and and try to tell this multiverse sort of narrative that that they're trying to tell but uh as a fan of the comics um you know i would call myself you know all the above you know super fan <laughs> comic book nerd all of that you know I, right. I'm, I'm definitely i definitely fall into that category um i but i can I, you know i can definitely appreciate the comics because that's you know one medium and and obviously with the comics there's like a million and one different storylines. So I understand that the movies and TV shows can't be faithful to all of them or, you know, or to all the ones that I'm a fan of. So I don't have that sort of expectation, but I think the MCU has kind of built their own sort of, um, well, they've literally built their own universe. So I think the way that they've been telling stories so far, I've been a fan of, and I think Loki is a very, uh, great example of, you know, where the MCU is heading because they've, really banked off of the films and now the TV shows, you know, especially, you know, the, the timing of the whole pandemic kind mm -hmm. of like forced us to be at home and watch these things on our TV anyway. So I right. think they kind of lucked into the TV show format in that sense. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I'm, you know, I know we're going to get, get into it, but I, as far as the Loki, the TV show, it's, it's some of the best the MCU has produced. How about you, David? Um, I would, uh, I'm, I definitely put myself as a comic book nerd first. I was one of those kids who would, uh, I, I knew every store in town that actually, you know, back, back when those, that was a thing, I knew every store in town that had one of those little squeaky little racks with the comic books right. in them in the corner. <laughs> I knew where every, whichever, every store that had them, I'd go to the, I'd go look for the 99 cent or less comic books in the bins, you know, that kind of stuff. And yeah. And then, yeah, when the MCU actually became a thing, I just, I just have enjoyed it because this is now it's, you know, in my mind, this is like, you know, now they're actually trying to make comic books come to life and they couldn't mm -hmm. really do that very well before. I mean, some, some very awesome exceptions like Spider-Man 2, you know, there, there's some that did very well, but they didn't, you couldn't make a sustained interweaving story mm -hmm. for a decade long. Yeah. And I would put Loki, I mean, I think it's just a preference thing. I'm, I'd put, you know, just preference wise, because I like the witty banter and, <laughs> and I would put it above WandaVision just because, uh, we'll get into the, we'll get into that later, but I, um, I like the absurdity for absurdity's sake. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah. The Loki alligator, right? <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think for me, I'm, I'm definitely comic book kid. Uh, I grew up in Mexico, uh, for those formative years where I could go out and buy my own stuff to read. And so finding comic books was really difficult. And the one that I latched onto the most that I could consistently find and that I really enjoyed reading was this offshoot uh, Wolverine and Rogue uh, series that they did. And I loved it, but it wasn't canon. Like it was, or it was very tangent to the canon of the X-Men comics. And I read the heck out of those. I read every single one that came out. I was out buying them every every week. I think they came out uh, a new one, and and it was backed with another new series. So it was like 
Wolverine and Rogue on one side, and then it had, you know, the flip over and read another comic on the backside. Um, and I love it because it was just weird. It was bizarre. It wasn't like X-Men straight. It was just this odd stuff. Like, what would it be like if Wolverine went up against a T-Rex? And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're just like, I never would have thought of that. Why would that ever happen? Who cares? It's awesome. <laughs> and um, I, I, when we, when WandaVision first came out, I felt like we were getting one of those, like just one off series. Um, X-Men was my, uh, my jam in the day. And so uh, there was this whole series about uh, Jean Grey and uh, uh, Scott Summers, and they go off and make this alternate reality that they live in for a while. And that's what, you know, uh, the vision Wanda thing felt like when they're slim and red back in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. oh gosh. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, and then that's what WandaVision felt like. And then, um, then we get this one, which feels more like that kind of like crazy chaotic off the wall. Uh, what, what would happen if Loki, you know, and, and it's, and it's great because I feel like they really are giving a lot of nods in this one to the comic book fans and, and really going off the deep end of what a comic book show could be. It's obviously not something that would fit in the cinematic format. So you needed this serial uh, format to be able to really let the show breathe. And so I really love that they did it. Um, I'm definitely excited about seeing the rest of them too. And, you know, we talked a little bit about the fact that we've got, we're recording this and we've already seen the preview for Hawkeye and uh, there's the Eternals coming out in November as well. So looking forward to both of those and, and how they're going to spend them in that same kind of way and into their own story independent of the MCU, but still having all the same effect for the whole rest of the thing. And uh, full disclosure, I haven't seen Shang-Chi yet. Oh, so. uh, well, I haven't seen that one either. So, okay. No spoilers. So if you have Andrew. You got to <laughs> see it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to spoil it all for you guys. Ah. Don't worry. <laughs> no spoilers on that one. So that's it. Just Loki today. That's all we're spoiling. For all, right. all right. All right. <laughs> so I'm not really sure for me what I expected from a show that was going to be all about Loki. Uh, but I feel like what we got defied everybody's expectations it didn't matter what you were going in thinking you were going to have uh it was totally you were totally wrong and mm-hmm. in, a, in a good way i think I, I think it was a fantastic uh take on the character and on his story and on the the whole mcu moving forward um so this is a show that's about self-discovery that's really deep but it's not afraid to make fun of itself and i think that's you know the very fact that essentially loki falls in love with himself over the course of this show where he's trying to discover his identity is just an awesome uh, tongue in cheek way of telling this tale about the master trickster. Uh, so, you know, I knew, I know you guys had a lot of thoughts about the themes and the way that it kind of plays out on the screen. So I just want to spend some time talking about that. Uh, if you want to, David, would you mind going first with what you thought about the themes of the show? I'd re- I'm with you with the self-discovery where it, um, they, uh, they took a lot. The, this was in, this was six episodes, no, not not a full six hours. It was over five hours of serial time where, but at the same time, it felt like it went fast. Mm-hmm. And they managed to um, put Loki on a journey of self-discovery. Not not the Loki that we that everyone's been familiar with now since Ragnarok, but they're taking 2012 Loki, who was full on villain. You know, the so basically at the start of this movie, you know, literally literally less than 48 hours uh li- literally you know little you know right right when this movie happened he's literally he was literally killing people and and they re- they reference that they, he took out a guy's eye he was not a good man right. <laughs> he was not in a good place but in this time they managed to put him on a journey of self-discovery 
and actually make him a protagonist we could root for within less less than half of the show less than half of the show to go. Mm-hmm. And I it didn't stretch my my imagination that much. They they managed. I was impressed that they could do that. And I will I will drop one one note for my wife here. You managed you know that you know that he uh, you know finds a way to fall in love with himself in a way. But um, my wife is a is a therapist. And she, she, you know, towards the end of the show, she, she did say, she did uh, just, just look at me and say, well, you know, they do say, they do say you can't love other people until you love yourself. I'm like, <laughs> okay, <true>. <laughs> there's something to that. So you know, once, once he crosses that bridge, then he actually cares about saving other people. I'm like, okay, all right. So there is something to that. So <laughs> makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the, uh, she was like, right again. <laughs> How about you, Andrew? Yeah, I got to, you know, I'll, I'll echo what both you guys said about the self-discovery. Obviously, identity is a big theme of the show. And um, what I think was probably my biggest takeaway was and, and what was most impressive about the show for me is that how Loki became so self-aware um, about why he was evil, why, why he always, usually mm-hmm. chose to do evil things in the past, like. Um, there were many moments throughout the show where, you know, and, and he's usually, and he's usually speaking to, you know, whether you're talking to Sylvie or, uh, Owen Wilson's character, you know, he's just sort of gushing out, you know, so it's like a low key therapy session where he's like, you know what? (laughs) Yeah. I, I did those things because I felt like, you know, X, Y, Z, like whether it was, he, he felt like he wasn't good enough, whether it was issues with his dad you know, uh, being adopted, like all these things, like he, he was so self-aware more so than Sylvie in the end, obviously, you know, Sylvie still had issues to work out. You know, it was Loki in the end. That was the one that sort of had the breakthrough and realized Mm -hmm. like, Oh, maybe we should do what's right. Instead of always trying to do what's, uh, bad or evil or selfish or what we might think is going to be in our own you know, self interest. Um, so that for me was like, uh, you know, beyond all the, you know, the, 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 the questions of, of free will, which, which was very interesting, obviously. Um, and, uh, all the multiverse stuff, uh, you know, there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, like, you know, you know, we, we joke around about him falling in love with himself, you know, uh, falling in love with Sylvie. Um, like so it brings up the questions of like oh if well if there are multiple universes like if we want to bring like like god into it and science like if uh if someone is you know going to go to hell in one universe can they be saved in another you know like are right. they the same person mm-hmm. you know yeah. are you know it's like you know tw- twins have like the same you know genetic makeup but yet they are two different people they're two different souls you know so um, all those sorts of things come up, and and I thought the um the show presented it in a way and and in a tight package in those six episodes, um, but presented them very well. I don't think it. I think even even though it might be new, like I would say for like people who are just fans of the films, I don't think it would go over your head. I, I think if right. you if you watch the show, I think they did a good job of like not making it too confusing. Um, but, uh, but definitely. And I think, you know, th- there's a lot at the end. 
I'm sure we'll talk about the ending, but I'm sure there's a lot mm-hmm. at the end that just presents a whole bunch of stuff that I know might have left people confused, especially if they don't right. know yeah, right. a lot of these characters. <laughs> but yeah, I think that was a- intentional. I think it's like, okay, we're setting the groundwork here. And they obviously announced that they're going to do a season two. So there's mm-hmm. there's more to come. It's not like mm-hmm. they just left you hanging. Um but yeah, for me, I mean, I, they yeah they present a lot of big themes, a lot of a lot of uh, you know existential, moral, scientific sort of stuff. But they they really did it in a in a way that was easy to consume and 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 fun to talk about. Yeah, I, I agree. The I think the the show itself had had a ton of twists and turns that were really interesting. Uh, you aren't at the place that you think you're going when you start off. Um, you know, I, I, when they started talking multiverse of madness and then they did that jump back in time and in game, I was like, oh, well, that's how they're going to do the multiverse of madness. They're going to have, you know, a variant timeline with Loki and with the Tesseract. And then they just totally shot that down in the very first episode, like (laughs) completely removed it. And then all of a sudden it's a paperweight. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you're like, what? Wait a minute. Hold on. (laughs) So, yeah, I thought that was, that was a fantastic, uh, uh, you know, especially for a super fans who like we, we see we see the writing on the wall. We see where it's going. We know what's happening. Nope, that's not what's happening anymore. We, we're going to take this in a completely different direction. Um, and so I, I, I thought that was great. And I, I love like, you know, I was mentioning the comic offshoots earlier because a lot of times uh, with the comic offshoots, you didn't know if they were going to stick. So you would you would read some of these comic offshoots and then you would come back to the main lines and uh, it didn't really have any effect on anything that was happening. But then every once in a while you would have something like, uh, and this is, you know, jumping universes here, forgive me. Uh, but you'd have something like the killing joke, uh, which was a, mm-hmm. a, a oh. line of the Batman and the Joker. And it was so profound and did so much to develop both of those characters that it affected everything else. Not just, mm-hmm. not even just Joker and Batman, but the justice league and all of the other DC uh, stuff that touched Batman in any way uh, or vice versa or, or, or <laughs> right. the other way around. Yeah. 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 It, it was, it was really just, it, it made such a huge difference and it was just a one-off. It was a one shot. Like here's just, this is a Batman story about Batman and Joker. And I, I love that kind of stuff when, when the way that they're thinking about these is about using them that way where it's a one-off story, but it's affecting everything else and everybody else in, in the MCU. Which is cool because uh, you get all this extra information, but it's also kind of you know a danger because you know now not only do we have to watch all the movies, but we have to watch the, <laughs> have to watch the episodes and the, the series to keep up with them. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if you guys are are catching up with what if, but you know uh, what if like is is doing just that. They're one offs, but mm-hmm. like you know, Marvel has said even though it's an animated show uh, and these are like different universes, this is canon. Mm-hmm. And and even the what if show can affect the the MCU storyline. So and, and that's how the what if Captain Carter. I know. So I was going to say the same thing. I've, I've only watched oh. the first one. Oh wow! It was good. It, gets, it, it gets was better. Good. It gets much better. <laughs> that one was, was good, good, but it gets yeah. It, there's some really good ones. Um, oh, I, th- I think we watched the the one the Star Lord one too. The the Star Lord oh, nice. variant, yeah. which was which was also really good. That was so awesome. I'm, I'm looking yeah, forward to going through the rest of those for sure. Yeah. As so as you watch the rest, obviously I won't spoil it, and we'll get back to Loki. But as you watch the rest of them, you're starting to see that there is like a bigger story surrounding all mm. of them. Uh, that's that that's kind of going to tie it all together. Um, so 
yeah it's it's Very gonna cool. be interesting to see i think like the what if comics like when the actual comics uh uh came out like they were just one-offs and and right. i think the more like the more popular ones, a fair amount of those yeah yeah i think the more <laughs> yeah and the more popular ones ended up you know like you were mentioning like with the killing joke ended up affecting more of the the bigger mm-hmm. uh sort of storylines well, we've seen the Watchers too in the MCU. We've right. already seen them because uh, there was this one one flyby where um, they were doing the jumps in. I think it was yeah. Guardians, yeah. and the, you yeah. see Stanley sitting there Stan talking Lee. to yeah. the Watchers. Yes, <laughs> so, was that was fantastic. Um, that was so, a great one for him to for him to be on. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, no, no, it was really a great spot to put him to, like just there, kind of in the middle of nowhere <laughs> with these guys that are watching everything happening. So I just wanted to just to make sure we kind of cover all of our bases with it. I wanted to go through and give really brief synopsis of each episode and then just talk about it it, in itself, like what you remember about that episode and what you really liked. Uh, So uh, we start off with the glorious purpose. We've mentioned it a couple of times. It's the 2012 Loki uh, escapes with the Tesseract and is immediately arrested by the time variance authority for creating a an alternate timeline, a variant timeline. And I. after he tries to run away, so he tries to do his escape thing and, and survive, uh, he realizes that they have like infinity stones, like you were saying, as paperweights. Like the infinity stones don't mean anything. These guys are so insanely uh, powerful that the infinity stones are worthless. And then he's recaptured and he's sat down and shown his entire intended life. So he, that Loki from 2012 is now caught up to where we are with Loki. Uh, understanding his, you know, he killed his mother, he's, his uh, death by Th- at Thanos, at Thanos's hands, and he seems to be deeply affected by it. So, what do you guys think about this first episode? I like I said that they, I didn't know how they, you know, this was 2012 Loki, so I didn't know how they were going to, like, how are they going to, you know, you know, how are they going to clue him in on, on on things without making it seem too too rushed? The answer, Owen Wilson. I think that I think Owen Wilson is the only only reason that this works. (laughs) Honestly, Uh, he he manages to pull him in. And he also it also revealed another universal truth that no one can hate him for Owen Wilson for very long. Um, (laughs) But yeah, he managed he managed to just bring Loki up to speed, not not as a hey, this is what your life was like per se, but 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 was trying to get to the core of his character to figure out what made him tick. And it was so it basically was a therapy session. Mm -hmm. And with a with an escape or two thrown in uh, where, you know, Loki actually does escape, but he goes back to that room voluntarily and plays the rest of his life. Right. To figure out what's going on. And that's when the self-discovery, that's when things really kick in. Right. So I thought that I thought that one was done very well. When talking about Owen Wilson, too, he's uh, he has been immune to Marvel, apparently. And so when they when they drew him into this uh, this project, he was just it was an acting gig for him. It wasn't, Oh, now I get to be a part of the MCU. Uh, and in fact, he had to be brought up to speed on a lot of stuff. So it was, I think a lot of it is his immunity to the Marvel, you know, like to getting them the stars in your eyes for Marvel stuff is what really sells that character. Like he, he just, he hasn't cared before this point. And he, you know, that's kind of the Mobius character in a nutshell. (laughs) And that was then that actually does you know like I, and I first read about the TVA in like the early nineties if that dates me but um it's a fantastic four episode uh, mm-hmm. issue but yeah but yeah the the TVA is supposed to be aloof and and above or off to the side of things and that fits him to a T here yeah that was this A plus casting uh, and 
yeah, you, you immediately fall in love with this character and you, and the chemistry between him and Mobius and Loki was like instant. And um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, a big part of why the, the show works um, along with the chemistry with Sylvie. Uh, yeah. A great first episode. I mean, immediately when we're introduced to the TVA, just like completely awestruck by the production design and how they mm-hmm. sort of built that world. And uh, it, it, it's just very impressive. It's, it's definitely some of the best looking MCU stuff, film or TV that they've done. Um, and uh, yeah, everything with, you know, intro- the introduction of like Miss Minutes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that was, that was like this, this little vintage info fifties uh, infomercial come to life. That yeah, was awesome. it was, it was great. Yeah. And just all the, all the little details. Um, and along with obviously the, the crux of this episode, Loki realizing that, you know, what his life would end up being like and then mm-hmm. the the start of his journey. Um and, and like you said, self discovery beginning. Uh because yeah, up to this point he he always tried to he always felt like he would win out at the end and right. then he realized he would never win. And then mm-hmm. that just destroys everything inside of him. And right. uh and, and you know we, we start. Well, and the title of this first episode is Glorious Purpose, which is right, like just yeah. <laughs> a perfect, you know, a, a perfect summation of Loki to this point. Right. I'm burdened mm-hmm. with glorious purpose. Oh, yeah. OK, yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, I, I tell you, the, the costuming is amazing, too. I, the, the shirts mm-hmm. are so good. I went I had to yeah. find one for myself and I actually did. I found a company that uh, that makes it it's California jacket. Ooh. Just a shout nice. out to them because. Uh, they did. They made a perfect version of the shirt. I wore it to Comic Con this year. Uh, so I went as Agent Mobius uh, because oh, I can't excellent. pull off Loki, but I can pull off Agent Mobius. That's excellent. So that was a, that was a lot of fun. But the, yeah, the costuming is just fantastic in this uh, in this whole series as well. So we get we get to the second series. Um, Loki obviously now he wants to uh, find a way to turn the Timekeepers to his advantage because you know they're more powerful than the Infinity Stones. So that's his next step. Uh, and he tries to turn a mission so that he can go see the timekeepers, but the TVA is actually a step ahead of him, which is impressive. Uh, you know, the, the God of trickery is, is not able to trick them. And then he ends up being convinced by Mobius to help research how this variant that they're hunting is, uh, escaping notice. And he does figure it out. He figures out what he would do essentially. And and that's to hide in all of these apocalyptic events where it doesn't matter if you uh, affect the future because all of the timelines end at, at that point. And so they managed to track her down to this uh, major hurricane in Alabama. And we find out that it's a female variant of Loki who conveniently is named Sylvie, which is mm. which is nice because it avoids all of the Loki, 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 Loki talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we're also shown how clever she is because she manages to escape by kind of throwing the, the entire TVA into disarray and escaping and Loki follows after her. And, um, I like this because I liked, I liked Sylvie's character. I like the fact that they're in a somewhat modern contemporary to us setting when they go to find her. And this was the point at which it felt like a real, like Dr. Who, uh, mm-hmm. moment. you feel, feel like you're kind of getting these little doctor who references throughout the whole thing. So if you're into other fandoms as well, that was, uh, I thought that was a really good throw to the whole thing there. I was also humble to realize that 2050 isn't that far away. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh no. 
but but the they they did throw. I mean, the with the Sylvie. Sorry, but you know, Syl, Sylvie and Loki's first interaction did have some great physical comedy because they didn't actually meet for quite a bit. She just she possessed multiple people to beat right. the snot out of him for a while. And yeah. first he got beat. He got beat up by this. You know, um, well, first by the hunter, then for a while he got beat up by by this one like what um kind of uh wimpy looking guy named randy and then a, 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 a big biker started beating him up and his first comment was i miss randy <laughs> <laughs> i loved that sorry <laughs> no that was good that was good yeah it, uh, yeah i liked how they revealed uh sylvie's character um and uh it's it was yeah, I mean, it's it's clever how, you know, because I there were a lot of theories obviously going into the show um, and a lot of people did did theorize that, oh, it would be a Loki like variant. So some people assumed that, oh, it'd just be Tom Hiddleston playing two characters or something. But um, the fact that it was a female variant and uh, and then obviously Sylvie's character having a completely different background than. And Loki's gave her her own unique sort of uh, story to tell, and um, and I, yeah, we'll, we'll obviously get into more of that. But yeah, I, I just I liked I li- I agree I liked how uh, they because when the show was for, first presented, like when the first trailers came out, and um, like talk about subverting expectations. Like I thought every episode would be in a different time period, and Loki is going to mess things up and. I mean, we, right. we we do go to some different time periods, but that's not really what the show's about. Like it kind of it's kind of just a setting. Um, it's more again about the self discovery stuff. So um, so yeah, every episode it just it always ends on such a whether it's a cliffhanger or not. It, it usually just ends somewhere where you would never expect, and uh, th- this episode was no exception. And then that takes them to Lamentis, which is the third episode, and they are on a moon that's about to be crushed by a planet that's uh, coming toward it. And as they're trying to escape, they, they, the whole series of escapades where they're trying to get off the planet and uh, they need to get to this arc thing that's leaving with all the rich people, and they're going to go and try and subvert it. And, and while they do... Um, uh, Sylvie reveals some major news to Loki, which is that she's discovered that all of the TVA agents are variants, just like them. Uh, it's just that they have been, you know, their memories have been wiped and they're working for the TVA instead of going out and hunting their own variant uh, selves. They are now uh, part of the machine that's keeping everybody down. And uh, this one, this one was really fun because it had a lot more of that physical comedy, like you were saying, David, where it's just, you know, the the sneaking onto the train, they have to disguise themselves. And it's it's very ridiculous, the the simplicity with which they can get through the guards. Uh, but it, but it feels right. It feels like. Like Loki, like where it's that trickster uh, nature going through everything that they're that they're doing. And then the just kind of comedic effect of them getting drunk on him, getting drunk on the train and. <laughs> giving them up so easily he's a emphasizes the fact that he's a terrible you're good at mischief but a terrible planner yes <laughs> <laughs> terrible planner yeah mischief mischief is not necessarily malice and i i think that's one of the things that comes across uh in this and and that's something that was missing from loki in 2020 in 2012 when we first saw him he was really this dark figurehead character where it wasn't it wasn't as much of a of a joke, what he was doing or just like, you know, mischievous, but it was really, uh, 
very dark, very, he was the bad guy and they wanted to set him up as the bad guy because, you know, they needed the bigger bad guy to come in later and, and look worse than him. Uh, but now we get to see more of that lighthearted side of who he is, uh, just making trouble and, and going through that way. And I think, I think this one, this one was probably out of the lot of them. This was the, the least, uh, this was setting up the, the character's, and their relationship and it didn't have much right. except for that one piece of exposition to it because then the next one we really get it the next one kicks off with this major event of them sitting down and uh sylvie tells loki her story we, we find out you know where she comes from what her background is and they create this bond that suddenly lights up this unique timeline branch that the tva is able to use to to connect with them and it almost feels like this should have been the end of the third one but they didn't right. want yeah. to finish on that note they wanted to start on that note to be able to carry on the the rest of the thing so that's uh and and this one is really like a big deal because then they get back to the tva and everybody starts figuring out about the variant stuff and we find out that uh Rinslayer's actually maybe kind of in on that and and doesn't care or cares too much or something we're not really sure how all that goes even by the end of the series we don't really know but she ends up pruning mobius because mobius uh, gets wind of the fact that the tva agents are variant and then she takes loki and uh sylvie to the timekeepers in this episode so it's like th this episode is like the whole thing right <laughs> it takes yeah. them to the timekeepers and then uh they find out that the timekeepers really are just puppets and literally puppets, literally, literally as, in, <laughs> as, in Jim, as in Jim Henson puppets. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're the um, the uh, the mouse, the mice uh, from uh, Chuck E. Cheese, right? Where there's just like right, the band yeah. playing up there. <laughs> so this, like, it, it is like the Jim. It's like the Sesame Street did get bought by Disney. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then and then we find and then like the end of this episode is Loki being pruned by uh, Renslayer, and mm -hmm. we're not even halfway. Through. We're just now halfway through the show, right? And they kill the main character. <laughs> it's kind of like, what are they going to even do? And then this one's the great one. We get the we get the uh, mid credits scene of uh, Loki waking up and the other Lokis <laughs> around yes. us. The classic Loki, the the alligator Loki, kid Loki, and the uh, steampunk Loki. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Kind of like you said. Yeah. Episode three felt like. You know, it was a great episode, and obviously, after fans to show you, looking back, like, 3 was a very important episode, but, like, watching it, I was like, man, not a lot happened, like, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, the, the so, episode 4 kind of made up for it with everything they packed in, because, right. <laughs> um, like, oh, yeah, man, there's only six episodes, and episode 3 didn't really move the story that much, but, yeah, like I said, 4 made up for it, and, uh, and yeah, the getting to the timekeepers... You know, it's like, and then one thing after another, like, okay, they're puppets. Mobius just got pruned. Okay, oh, now Loki is about to kiss Sylvie or something's about to happen, but he gets pruned. Uh, he's, mm -hmm. you know, he's about to, like, uh, convey his love for her. He gets pruned. What's happening? And then luckily we had that mid credit scene to, like, oh, yes. okay. <laughs> okay, there's more to this. <laughs> what the? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, obviously seeing the other Lokis, you know, Richard E. Grant and, and company. Um, that was uh, that was a nice little tease for the next episode. So yeah, I mean, this was um, uh, a, a great way to, to 
to start the second half of this uh, crazy, crazy story, this this wormhole that we're about to go down. Right. Yeah, well, and I think that was the, you know, the whole series up to this point, it's been get to the timekeepers, get to the timekeepers, get to the timekeepers. Right. And, you, and you knew like somewhere in the back of your head, you know, you knew that the timekeepers were not going to be the end of the end of the thing. Right. Yeah, you, not you episode four. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Least, yeah. You know, and so, no so you knew that something was and And so when they get to him, you're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. And mm. then they throw the wrench. It's like, no, no, no. There's more to this. There's, there's something else happening. Uh, and so then. We get to the the fourth the, or the fifth episode with uh, Journey into Mystery where they are in the void. And so Rinslayer tells Sylvie about what the void is, which is like the space at the end of time where the pruned uh, variants end up. Uh, and they, they figure out the TVA's true creator is hiding somewhere there in the void. And we've Loki goes through all the hijinks of meeting many different variant Lokis. Uh, there's President Loki and there's a, you know, <laughs> all sorts of different. But but he seems to be the only one that can survive the void, which is which is even more comical because that's it. That's all there is. It's just a bunch just of a Lokis. bunch of Loki's ever yeah. and uh, and um, and apparently pizza delivery cars. Right. Um, yeah. uh, but uh, curious. Uh, but just uh, for all the comic book nerds, will get this. But Journey into Mystery, of course, is the title of the magazine where Thor de- and Loki debuted. Ah. Yeah. So I did. Yeah. I did not have that one. My my belt. Yeah. So good. I'm glad you brought it up. Now, Thor did not, um, you know, Thor didn't start with Thor number one. It was just a journey into mystery was it was one of those uh, random anthology things where there'd be a, there, were, there could be one, there'd be multiple stories in, in it. Mm. Um, like uh, there could be like half a story where Thor is in it and the, and the back half of it would be Giant Man or something. There you go. That's cool. So. Yeah. They, anyway, well, that's but that's I think that's I think that's kind of telling here, too, because um, we, we find that they're, you know, in the void. We've got all these different variations on Loki kind of existing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there was a lot more stuff like if the, if you're looking for Easter eggs, this. Oh, this episode yeah. was jam yes. packed. Frog Thor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, the, there was the Thanos copter. The Thanos copter. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so there were there was just at, you could watch this one probably three or four times and get something new out of it each time and it's a great episode in and of itself too because mobius uh brings sylvia in to save the day uh driving this car crazily over over the um over the terrain uh so that they can fight alioth and uh loki's got some sweet knives now that he's using to, to <laughs> go up against alioth which is they're completely worthless in the end of all things <laughs> of course um and they they managed to uh, subdue Aliath uh, by using that the enchantment spell that he's been trying to teach Sylvie, and but it's only because of the help of classic Loki, like the the right. grandfather classic Loki that uh, creates an illusion so big of Asgard that it distracts Aliath just long enough for them to uh, to get it. And then once they do defeat Aliath, we see the the real end, which is the Citadel beyond time, is is revealed. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that's there is a, so much debate. This is, it, if you don't know anything about comic book fans, the the thing about comic book fans is we love to have arguments about what we think we're right about, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> especially when there's not enough information. <laughs> yes. And so this is one of those moments where I into this episode and the entire sixth episode, we're given enough information to think we know what's right and form an opinion 
about why we're right about it. And we and there's like 20 different opinions <laughs> about right. what exactly is happening <laughs> at the end of these episodes. Well, I like how this this episode just started with, I mean, it, like in a way, in a way of, you know, Loki's almost in the, at the at that. He's a, almost from a comic book fan's perspective where he's, he's like he's like arguing with himself about what's going on or he, right. he's he's like he see he's he's all of a sudden yelling at all, all, all of his variants saying, like, I need someone to tell me what's going on. I have, you know, that, it, you know, he's New York. I don't even know how long ago New York was months ago, weeks. I don't know because right. it seems like a, a gazillion things have happened to him. I don't know how long it's been going on. And I'm a, and. He just points to the alligator. I'm and and there's a version of me that's an alligator, and I'm ashamed to say I'm not even that surprised about it. So he's just so he's just like you know like like I'm not like you know just, just like he's already completely suspended disbelief, just like all the other comic book fans. Yep. <laughs> all right. And so then we end up in the Citadel, uh, last episode, and and this is and and this is like the whole thing, like the whole show's been leading up to this moment where we are introduced to this character that's called He Who Remains very mysteriously uh no real name to it and the the fact that they can make the amount of exposition that they did actually interesting in the way that it was uh was just stunning to me because basically this is just sylvie and loki uh standing in front of this guy and him telling his story uh but it's done in such a creative way with so many good uh flips back to the TVA and to the other things that are happening that you really don't feel like it's just somebody telling a story and you've been waiting for it the whole time because you, you've been trying to figure out what the heck is going on with all of the, with the TVA, with all of this stuff, like who has this much power. And now then we finally get this guy and we, and we know that it's only a taste of, of what his character is. And that to me is like the really, great part about the end of this show because uh and in even if they weren't setting up for a season two even if there wasn't a season two they did everything they needed to in this one where they set up this character and the idea of a multiverse and what a multiverse does and what a variant timeline would be like and how damaging that could be to reality uh every all of that is set up by the end of this uh series and they could have just not done a second uh, series. Not that I don't want them to, because I think it's awesome. Right, right. Looking forward to it. But they did everything they needed to do to really push the the whole story of the MCU forward to where it needs to be. And I was super impressed by it. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think obviously the introduction of the character of King or this version of King um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, was was There's really yes. yeah he yeah. <laughs> right right. There's a <laughs> Yeah, a ton. Yeah, he who remains. This is obviously not the the king that is most well known from the comics. This is obviously a a version of of king. Um, there's kind of I'm forgetting the name. There is there is a version of king uh, in the comics that kind of fits more of the he who remains uh, character. And Mortis might be the one. Yeah, Mortis. Thinking. That's what I was yeah, thinking where of. Where he yeah. kind of he's he who remains actually is. You know, nerding again, but is actually a completely separate character entirely. But right. this, you know, um, a, a ver- there was a version of Kang who ends up in this timeless void, pulling strings, and yeah. in the comics, and yeah, he's called a Mortis. A Mortis, so this is yeah, clo- it's close. Yeah, it's, close. so yeah, it's it's more closer to that character. So obviously, the Kang that we're gonna get in, in in Ant Man and whatever other you know movies and shows he's gonna come in 
will probably be more of the more maniacal King, the Conqueror, um, uh, that we get a tease of, uh, in the credits, um, uh, or not in the credits at the, the very last frame of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I thought Jonathan Majors was, did a great job. I mean, very good. Yeah. I mean, the, obviously this, I mean, trying to play a character that's like, like has lived so long and in isolation, just pulling strings. Like he has to be a quirky guy. Like he, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. He is. He's, yeah like, he's very, yeah. He played that very well. He, he he's, he's kind of like out of, out of this world and it has such a weird sort of personality and, and way of sort of, you know, conveying or telling the, the story behind like, mm-hmm. you know, what he's doing and why they're there. And, uh, I thought he he did an amazing job, and I, it's going to be interesting to see um, how he plays King the Conqueror, and if he plays other kings too. Because as we find out, there are all these other kings that are competing against each other <laughs> yeah. in this multiverse. So, uh, yeah, he might have a lot of roles ahead of him to play. Um, so I, I think they casted that one well. It looks like they did, um, and again, like the the all the central themes uh paying off in the end of of uh, of loki like realizing you know after hearing all this stuff that kang is you know just throwing at them like about the 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 multiverse and how you know he laid the uh, how we put it he's like he set the path for them you know mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. like so now, like, they're both questioning, like, did we ever have, like, did we have free will? Were we just a, right. a pawn in your scheme? And, you know, and then Kang is like, well, it's better than the the alternative. If these other Kings were involved, like, it would just, all the all the universes would collapse on themselves. And it's a lot to take in. And for Sylvie, yeah. too, obviously, you know, her childhood was taken away from her. Um, and this guy apparently was the mastermind behind all that mm-hmm. just so it, it could fulfill whatever grand plan that he had. And just the fact that this guy was tired of doing it, right. <laughs> yeah. right. he wanted to hand off the keys, you know, it was, uh, and Loki having, you know, the, obviously this is the biggest evolution of his character and his breakthrough, like having the, the awareness to, to take a step back and and be like okay maybe we should consider what this guy's saying and 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 think Mm -hmm. about what the best path forward is instead of just you know slicing his head off (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. what 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 loki you know a couple days ago would have done or just maybe a few minutes ago would have done Uh, for a guy who has been for a guy who has shown up to this point to be a terrible planner he actually (laughs) right exactly (laughs) has a moment of (laughs) wait a minute let's make a plan here (laughs) yes yes um yeah, and then you know where we get to the moment where Kang is like, "Oh, we've reached the threshold." Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I don't know if this has been confirmed, but I've read like that if the, if I think it's the same time code uh, of the last episode of Wandavision. I think it's like around twenty-seven minutes when one when Wanda officially becomes Scarlet Witch. Mm. That's the mm. same at the same time in the Loki episode. That's when the threshold is uh, interesting uh, crossed. Nice. So, I wonder yeah, if that's um, the same moment that uh, Doctor Strange is doing his thing in the the preview for Spider Man. For Spider Man, yeah, far enough exactly. along to have known, have seen that. Yeah, 
Yeah. So I wonder. I wondered why all of a sudden that okay now I don't know what goes on. Like, yeah. Wait, what? But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think he. Yeah. I think yeah. Part of it is yet to be revealed, and I think part of it was like he kind of planned it that way. He he wanted these these Loki's to sort of take over. Um, hmm. Or you know he was fine with dying, obviously. Right. Uh, <laughs> he just wanted it to end one way or another. Yeah, right. exactly. I don't want to be in charge anymore. I have. Right. I have talking, felt I'm that. Only, I've, been, I've been talking to an animated <laughs> clock for hundreds of years. Yeah. <laughs> voiced by Tara Strong, even voiced by Tara Strong. It's only so. so. Oh man, what what a woman that was! Like just yeah. talk about Miss Minutes just coming out of nowhere yeah. uh, when they first entered. Um, but yeah, the whole uh, uh, you know where you're just had all the tense moments where you're hoping Sylvie would, you know, just, you know, make the right decision. Um, but you know, she just obviously couldn't help it. And you almost can't blame her after all she's no. been through. And again, like how, how do you, like who would trust a guy like that? That, that just, right. <laughs> you yeah. know, like who is this guy? Like you just met him and he's telling you that he's basically God in this world that you're living in. Um, well, and, you know, and, and then to go back yeah. to the fact that Loki is a god, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's yeah. one of those things that kind of, you know, Thor had his moment in, in uh, Ragnarok where, you know, where Odin asks him, what are you, the, the god of hammers? <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. like, and, and, and kind of he wakes up to that realization that that's, his identity is bigger than just being a brute with a hammer. And this is mm-hmm. kind of Loki's moment altogether where he's he's waking up to realize that he's more than just this guy who's trying to fight his way to the to the top and be be the most powerful because he really doesn't have a plan beyond that that's what that's what mm-hmm. he wanted and now he realizes that that's not that that's not it and then he's watching this guy that had it and he's going that's not it <laughs> that's not what i want <laughs> yeah and, and i think the show presents this 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 idea that i don't know if it was on purpose or not maybe by accident that a universe that's that doesn't have a loving creator is is a terrifying one. Mm-hmm. You know, if if Kang, for all his good intentions, like you know, he obviously had his he he had his own motivations and self interest. You know, to to pull the strings the way that he did, um, and knowing he had to defeat uh, all these other Kangs along the way to do it. Um, and then you know Loki struggling with like, uh, you know, do I have do I have free will in a, in a world that seems like everything was planned or predestined? I mean, that's the ultimate question of free will. Like if God knows what's going to happen, do we actually have free will? Like mm-hmm. we do, we know that as, as, yeah. as Christians, as Catholics, we know that. Um, but it is one of those things that, that are hard to explain. That's a mystery. Um, how both those things can work, right? It's, it's what philosophers and theologians have tried to answer, you know, for, for centuries. Um, so it's, it's, it's a great, I mean, it, it, again, these big themes are, are, are being brought out in, in, in such a, in such a great way with these, like, you know, I mean, Loki is, is like a, especially from the comics, he was like a B, maybe C type character, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and now in the, in the MCU, he's like, you know, one of the stars of this phase, you know, this phase four, right. Going forward. Um. So uh, the fact that they're able to to do this sort of storytelling with a character like Loki is is really impressive, and um, and yeah, I can't I can't wait to see what where it goes from here. Okay, so before we get into our predictions uh, of the broader MCU, because I, I want to spin it back that way, I, 
want to take a minute to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of movies and TV, uh, especially uh, Jonathan L, Pam, James M, Vincent D, and Paul L. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of movies and TV and all the shows here at StarQuest. We'd love for you to join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Okay, so since we've started that path, talking about the predictions of the broader MCU, right? Uh, I was surprised by that we're, we're recording this late enough that we're kind of tying in the uh, some of the previews that we've seen since then. And so I think I was surprised uh, uh, seeing the preview of Doctor Strange being in the next Spider-Man movie and exactly how he fits in. So if you haven't seen that preview, I recommend going to, to check it out because it is it is interesting. If there was anything that was going to get me to watch Spider-Man movies, it's <laughs> the way that they've tied him back into the MCU. And um, it, it, just to be honest, Spider-Man is not a not a, an IP that I care about very much. So I know I know that some of the movies have been really great. I just for whatever reason, Peter Parker does not re- resonate with me. <laughs> so but they've been tying him back into everything so much that I'm actually going to go start watching the Spider-Man movies now, too. So, um but I, I want to hear from you guys. What do you think? So we've got the Kang prediction. Uh, what do you guys think uh, we're going to see from Loki uh, affect out to the, uh, the rest of the MCU? What are you hoping to see? Maybe what do you expect to see? Uh, just two or three predictions from each of you. David, let's start with you. I'm hoping to see. Um, I'm, oh, I'm hoping to see Loki, uh, Loki claws way back to the TVA that he remembers. So, he and Owen Wilson Wilson can hang out. I, <laughs> yes. I honestly think I honestly think if that bromance doesn't come back together, a lot of people are going to be sad. <laughs> yes, Sir, yeah, a lot yeah. of people will be very sad about that. And I, I, I somehow Ravana Rimslayer has to has to connect back up in here. I know they don't always follow canon, uh, comics canon per se. I mean by that, but Ravana Rimslayer was a was you know in the comics was a love interest of Kang. So back in, in the comics. So I want to see how this, how, how she plays back into this now that she, she seems to be armed with some kind of information. So she's going to filter back in here somehow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I think, I think season two is of, of Loki is going to get into all that. And I'm glad they're doing season two. Cause I, I don't think, I mean, obviously with the Spider-Man movie, having Dr. Strange in it, and uh doc ock and you know classic doc all the Oc. other teases yeah, oh, yeah classic, classic, classic doc Oc. <laughs> and the classic green goblin like all, all the stuff that's teased there and all uh, and all the potential uh you know characters that are going to show up in that movie i think it's hollywood's worst kept secret who's going to be in that film mm. but um uh then you have doctor strange and the multiverse of madness with uh doctor strange again and and wanda and who the heck knows who's going to show up in there. I think Loki needed a season two, because I don't know if Loki's going to fit into those films right. as a character. Uh, he might, he probably won't even show up in those films. I think we'll see some, a lot of the effects of the show play a part in those movies, obviously um, with the, the multiverse, you know, cracking open. Um, I, I, there'll be tie-ins, but I think as far as like the, the, the narrative of that was, uh, that came about season one of Loki. I don't think we're going to get any real progress in the films. Um, so I think, yeah, in season two, uh, I agree with David. I think we'll, we'll, 
we'll have to at some point revisit the Mobius that we all know and and the main the main universe the main Loki universe uh, and uh, and obviously we'll have, we'll have to see what Sylvie is going to do now <laughs> well, you know mm-hmm. like she's yeah. Uh, but yeah I think uh, my prediction uh, I think even though Loki has already gone through some redemption I think he's there's still a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, for him to, yeah, uh, he has a lot more evolving to do. Even though he evolved so much, I think uh, his ultimate redemption is something I think we'll see maybe by the end of season two. Um, yeah. Whether whatever that means, whether he he sacrifices himself for the greater good or you know plays a big part in you know whatever multiverse of madness you know no so to speak yeah i just uh, i, I just happens. have a feeling of him running back into thor again after dying oh, i know right again. <laughs> it's just gonna be, yeah. that's gonna be a good scene seriously it's like how many how many times does thor have to watch him die uh yeah i i i think that sylvie's character obviously has to go through her redemption mm-hmm. as well or you know because i i think uh i think for for her character, you know, she she has to do even more growing than than Loki now, uh, because you know she has to live with whatever repercussions uh, right. uh, happens after you know kill, killing uh, this ver- this version of Kang. So um, yeah, I think we're gonna see uh, her having to deal with that and what her her role will be. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm just very excited to see. Um, and obviously we're going to see versions of other characters that we love, uh, right. come back and the, the possibilities are endless. Like, I don't know if they're going to get, you know, the old gang back, but, um, is, you know, it costs a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> to get, to, all right, and I think, you know, I think you probably read the tea leaves. Like, I don't know if Robert Downey Jr. is going to come back anytime soon or Chris Evans or, mm. or any of that, obviously not Scarlett Johansson. No. Uh, but but yeah. I think you know we'll see maybe other actors and like like with Sylvie's character maybe uh, and like Captain Carter like other genders playing you know classic characters mm-hmm. uh, so we're obviously going to see some of that um, whether they'll just be cameos or major characters I think they'll be a mix of both but um, yeah I just Spoon. I just can't wait spoiler for any fans of Sif out there watch episode four yeah <laughs> right yeah yes uh, that was a great episode too it's just, it's very very much him him realizing look i know this i know this i know this is wrong i know this is wrong i get it i understand uh um yeah i think i think for my part i am i'm i'm really happy i was worried where they were going to go after thanos because i was mm-hmm. kind of that's you were getting into the top tier uh, villains at that point. And mm-hmm. so where do you move from there? There's, there's not many more to dig from and the choice to go in this direction is really good. I think it's a, it's a great villain. That's really challenging, especially for the more powerful um, characters that have been introduced. Uh, and it might even alter the powers that they have, which we're seeing, you know, is coming up like with um some of the different movies being the Marvels instead of just another Captain Marvel movie and uh, things like that. It's going to be really interesting to see how this changes even some of the characters that we've met so far uh, so that they fit the the story moving forward. 
And then also, I I am incredibly excited for the Doctor Strange movie. And I was already, mm-hmm. you know, Doctor Strange is one of my favorites, so that was already, you know, top of my list anyway. But I I am really looking forward to that movie now. I'm so excited to see what they end up doing with him and Wanda, how all of this stuff plays into it. And I'm the one thing I'm really interested to see is how they do it in a way that doesn't require you to have seen any of this stuff. And that's, yeah, it's going to be interesting to have that play out, but they've, they've done a really good job of it so far. And I think that, um, I wanted one of the shows that you didn't mention when you were talking about the shows that they've done before, uh, agents of shield, mm-hmm. it, it did actually tie in some things that were important for the movies and filled out a lot of the information without you needing to watch it to understand the movies. And so that was a really right. good, they, they got a good grasp of it with that. Mm. I'm interested to see how this plays out and whether or not you had to see Loki to understand some parts of the multiverse of madness. Oddly enough, Sif showed up in that show too. She did. Anyway, yeah, she did. <laughs> she did yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, yeah, I think what I've noticed at least is that, you know, Loki has, has had their own sort of multiverse event with, you know, the, the killing of, of, of he who remains, uh, this version of King. And obviously I think the Spider-Man movie is probably going to have its own sort of event that mm-hmm. causes a multiverse, you know, event. Um, so I think that's probably the angle that they're going to play is like, okay, if you haven't watched Loki, then, you know, you're most likely going to watch Spider-Man because that's one of their bigger IPs. Um, mm-hmm. and Spider-Man will explain how the multiverse opens up so that I'm, I'm that's what i'm that's what i'm guessing um and yeah as far as villains like yeah i think i love that kang looks to be a big villain going forward he's he's a great villain i think uh, t- uh to follow thanos and then you know obviously there's still the you know the fox villains out there <laughs> that <Yeah. laughs> disney hasn't tapped into yet that are right just as big or even bigger than Thanos, arguably. I mean, you have, you know, Magneto and, and doom and, and company, you know, and company. So it's, there's a lot, you know, more that they can tap into, uh, as far as like the A-list with, you know, now owning the Fox, uh, properties. So, uh, you have to assume that they're going to at least tease something with those characters, you know, whether it's in Spider-Man, if it's not Spider-Man, I'm willing to bet, a lot of money that multiverse of madness will probably at least tease uh, mm. a, a character, a Fox uh, property um, mm. because you know, it's, it's been, it's been a while now since they've, they, they've took, they've bought Fox and, and I think it's, uh, it's, you know, it's time for them to, you know, we'll be heading towards the end of phase four, I think with Dr. Strange or mid phase four, I forget how it all it's, shakes that'll out. That'll be end. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think multiverse of madness is end of phase four. And then we yeah. move into phase five after that yeah. point. So. so phase five, you know, I, I predict is probably going to, we're going to have like a, whether it's X-Men or fantastic fours, one of those type of properties. So they'll have to be teased during phase four. Well, you trust. Yep. I'm excited about it. And I, <laughs> the, they've, the announcements they've made lately have been uh, all good news in my opinion. I think uh, <laughs> there's, everything's looking up. Um, I know that I'm excited about Hawkeye. That's the, the that's when they when they did that preview the the Christmas music playing in the background so that it's a Christmas movie. I, I'm in. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> uh, 
Alrighty, any other thoughts? Closing thoughts about uh, Loki? Watch it if you can. Just take it. Just suspend disbelief as soon as you hit play. Yes, <laughs> definitely agree yeah. with that. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, that's it from us. Uh, let us know what you thought about Loki. Uh, be sure to email us comments on our Facebook or Twitter page and let us know. Uh, you can email us any feedback by finding StarQuest on Facebook at facebook.com slash StarQuestMedia and on Twitter at SQPN. To find previous episodes of Secrets of Movies and TV Shows, please visit sqpn.com slash Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. Uh, later this year, we're going to be looking into the Eternals. We'll probably do uh, one of these episodes on the What If series as well, and um, definitely Hawkeye. Uh, so, you know, be talking about the diehard version of uh, MCU's diehard uh, there. <laughs> and um, we'll be sure to cover those uh, on Secrets of Movies and TV. Uh, until we get to that point, uh, Andrew Hermes, thank you for joining me and sharing the Secrets of Loki. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And David Handless, thank you as well. Well, thanks for inviting me on. Once again, I'm Thomas Sanjuro. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Movies and TV on StarQuest. <laughs>